0: It makes me so sad when I hear stories about people who have to fight for their relatives who have failing health, and it's just a sad situation. But I want to share with you how Betsy made it a very big statement. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. Welcome, Giant Builders. It's Tuesday at 2, and we are here today with Betsy Wurzel. Hi, Betsy. How are you? Hi, Lois. I'm great. Thanks. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I love your story. So we're going to let you start by telling that part. So tell us what your experience is.
1: Oh, sure. If you don't mind, can I show a a picture of my husband, Matt? please do. That's my husband. Oh, handsome man. Thank you. I love this picture of him. Yeah. Um, yes, my, well, let me start back to, <laughs> I don't know what part to start with. <laughs> um, I'm a mom of an adult son who has special needs. I first entered um, into caregiving. Well, I'm a professional caregiver because I worked as a licensed practical nurse. Never heard of Alzheimer's back in the Stone Age when I went to school. My husband's grandmother had alzheimer's but back then it wasn't called alzheimer's so we would just laugh at her senility because you know we were young we were dumb (laughs) and uh, my mother-in-law was diagnosed in the year 2000 and i had to educate myself really quick but there wasn't the information back then lois as there is today
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh fast forward my dad was diagnosed 2008 or 9 i think And uh, Matt, my husband, was diagnosed at the age of 56 in 2010. Oh, wow. And it was, I didn't know about early onset, um, neither did the doctors, apparently, because we were told he was too young. And it was a battle from diagnosis to the end of his life. It was a constant battle of being an advocate for Matt. And I never saw myself as an advocate before. I was for my son, my mother-in-law. But, you know, the word wasn't very popular at that time. And I had to turn my anger into a positive. So I went in my car and I started to do um, awareness and early onset, show Matt's picture, try to dispel the myths of uh, Alzheimer's, you know, it's not an old person's disease, it's not an oral part of aging. And I was disgruntled with the medical community, uh, because they didn't listen to us. And I was just like, wow, I can't, I can't be the only one who feels this way. So I started also to do talks about caregiving, didn't think anybody would listen to me. But they did. And that's how I got discovered um, by Jeannie White, who's station manager at Passion World Talk Radio. She interviewed me, then asked me to speak weekly on a show she was having, got my friends who were caregivers to talk. And then Jeannie said a year later, you should have your own show, Betsy. And I said, no, I can't do that. She said, yes, you can. (laughs) So chatting with Betsy, which is celebrated three years uh, this month, I and that. I have to credit Lily Caldwell, who's CEO of Pastor World Talk Radio, for getting me out of my comfort zone. Two great women mentors. So I have to mention them every time because they are part of my story. That
0: is exciting. Uh, and I'm so sorry that you had to go through all of, all of that. It's, um, it's always sad when the doctors don't seem to step up and participate in the healing process.
1: It was so devastating. Uh, Matt's company doctor, and I, I will never know whether she saw him in person or not, but she did talk to him over the phone, and she knew what was going on at work. She suspected a dement- some kind of dementia, mm-hmm. hoping it would be the type that's reversible due to uh, you know vitamin deficiency or thyroid deficiency, but she had a feeling it wasn't. She didn't have any tests in front of her, Lois. She didn't see his test results. These other doctors saw the test results mm. that showed global shrinkage, that showed his uh, brain waves were abnormal. And I had a fight for a diagnosis when Matt told me he didn't know what time it was. And he asked me what time Sunday school was that he taught for over 20 years. And I said, are you serious? Because he was a jokester. Yeah. He goes, yes. Yeah. And I was well, what time is on your watch. And he looked at his watch. He goes, I don't know. Mm. I said, well, that's not depression. Because he was being treated for depression."
0: depression,
1: yeah. which often it is misdiagnosed in the beginning. And they are treated for depression. But that goes hand in hand because who wouldn't be depressed? Let's be realistic. Because um, yeah. you can't do your job or, you know, know where things are. And I went back to the neurologist and I said, you know, he doesn't know how to tell time. They didn't know what Sunday school was. This is no longer, this isn't depression. Mm -hmm. He has Alzheimer's, I believe. His mother had it. His grandmother had it. Let's call it what it is and treat it. Mm -hmm. And even at the end of his life, Lois, um, if I had to do it all over again, I could tell your audience to learn from my mistakes, hire someone to help you navigate hospice process. I went with the doctor's recommendation. It was out of our local hospital. I knew they had a unit, should not need it, and he did. They didn't believe me that he was dying. They wouldn't listen to me, that he was dying, that the medication wasn't working. The social worker, who is really nasty, came to my house, accused me of not giving the medication correctly, talking down to me. Big mistake. I put her in her place nicely. So you could be nice. <laughs> you can advocate, be nice. And I told her, you are talking down to me. I don't like your tone. You need to change it. I said, I worked as a licensed practical nurse. I know how to give medicine. Matt is dying. The medication's not working. Yet the doctor's ordering more of the same and expecting different results. That's insanity. I'm telling you the medication's not working. And her attitude was unbelievable. Like Matt complained of a headache. Matt very seldom complained. She said, no, he couldn't have a headache. That's a Seroquel. I said, how do you know that? Are you a doctor? How do you know what a dying brain feels like? Does anybody know? Nobody knows. Um, The treatment that I saw of someone who has dementia really bothers me. Because they, I got the impression they think they could treat people any which way they want. And no one's going to complain. Well, they, they got the wrong person. And I have to tell your audience, if there's justice, there won't be any changes unless we speak up. You can be very nice. You can be very firm. Let them know you mean business. And oh, they knew. <laughs> I met business. I went to the director of hospice. I called her actually. And I told her I was not happy. Matt fell twice during hospice care and nobody came out to see him. Hmm. No follow up. She apologized, but she said, I'm sorry, somebody dropped the ball. And I said, well, my husband's not a ball. <laughs> and you wouldn't accept being treated like this. You wouldn't accept your husband or any family member. I know how nurses are. Yeah. Like this, so don't expect me to accept this treatment. Uh, this is unacceptable. How we were treated was unacceptable. And they, I actually had people come into the room to see who I was because I was the big mouth, <laughs> <laughs> five foot knee. i I'm, I'm petite, and yet I got a big mouth. I'm a mama bear, Lois. Um, that's my spirit animal is the mama bear. I don't like confrontation, but, and I don't like to argue with people, but when it comes to my loved ones, we we have to, we have to advocate. And if I could share Lois, that education, excuse me, education about your loved one's disease, diagnosis, illness is very important, no matter what it is, but educate yourself, especially if you have someone with any type of dementia, to know what to expect, to be knowledgeable so you can so you can argue and know what you're talking about and have a backup. Mm-hmm. Even with medications, when Matt had his excellent patch increased, um, one of the uh, side effects was uh, difficulty with gait, with walking on balance. And I asked Matt how he was doing. And at that time, he was able to walk by himself. He fell. He said, I felt like I was drunk. And I fell. Thankfully, he wasn't hurt. Called the doctor up and told him, put Matt back on the original dosage. He goes, no, I can't do that. And I said, oh, yes, it can. I looked it up in the PDF. Don't tell me it can't. It's one of the side effects. The doctors don't know all the side effects. Also go with your gut instinct. Your gut will never lead you wrong. So tell me about
0: the videos you were doing in your car.
1: <laughs> I, I laugh when I think about it now. Um, <laughs> I would show Matt's picture like this, and I go, like, this is this is what Alzheimer's looks like. This is the new face. And I would talk about caregiving. And people would say, Betsy, you're talking about what I feel, but I'm afraid to say it. And they would say to me, uh, you're brave. No, no, I'm not brave. I'm just mad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and to be real and And say, you know what, caregiving can stink. It can be rewarding, but it can stink. And caregiving is hard. It's a hard journey. Let's not sugarcoat. I never sugarcoated it, Lois. I will never sugarcoat this disease or caregiving. But I also would say, you know what, you can survive and thrive during this. Take time for yourself. You know, and self-care, which people think of as you know going to a spa. Well, we can't always do that. But take care of your soul. Take care of you. Recharge. And it's hard getting that balance because when you recharge, you're taking time away from your loved one. So then you feel guilty. <laughs> it's this you know topsy turvy world that we we lived in, and we had to take time for ourselves. And I'm gonna. I'm a, from New Jersey, so I'm very outspoken and I'm my father's daughter. <laughs> Self care is literally a, a matter of life and death. It's the caregiver's life. If you want to enjoy caregiving, uh, being with your loved one, if you want to enjoy life after caregiving, you have every right to do so. You had to take care of yourself. I am very thankful and I thank God and give God the glory. I made it through caregiving. Some health issues. But basically, I am healthy, and I thank God for that because so many caregivers die during the journey of their loved one or soon after, and that's sad. Go for counseling. I did. I I go for grief counseling now. Go for counseling. If you have to take antidepressant, take it, and ask for help. Like I said, don't do what I did. Ask for help. Get help. Get even hire a caregiving uh, consultant or a nurse manager. Yes, it costs money, but it's well worth it for you to get help. And, uh, you know, plan ahead, plan for hospice, plan for or a, a placement. And don't compare. I see this a lot. Don't compare your journey to mine or anyone else's. Each one has their own journey. And if you had to place your loved one, then you have to. We don't have a crystal ball. Matt would say to me, he didn't want to be placed. (laughs) And he would tell me he'd run away. (laughs) He was so funny. Uh, He always had a sense of humor. And I told him, I can't promise you that I won't place you. But I told him in 2017, I will promise you, Matt, some way, somehow, I'm going to share your story to the world. And he'd say, don't talk about me. (laughs) Okay, call me booby. Don't talk about me, (laughs) booby. And here I am (laughs) talking about Matt, Uh, but I know he's
0: smiling on me. Yeah. What tips would you give then about picking a hospice care after your experience?
1: I would hire someone to help me. Mm -hmm. I would interview different hospices. Ask what their philosophy is, what they do, what happens. Do if someone does fall, do they come out? Uh-huh. Uh, what is their attitude if you need them during the night? How, if they have a unit like the one that we had, what is a protocol to getting into that unit? Mm. And what's their philosophy on doing pain management at home? I, I wasn't given the black box, like the care box that I hear that people get. I wasn't given that. Matt was dying and I knew he was dying, but they didn't believe me. It's, uh, <laughs> it's ironic. I knew he went up there to die. They didn't know that they thought he just went up there for medication adjustment. After he was there for two days, Lois, the nurse said to me, now we see what you're talking about, Betsy. Like yeah. oh, Nobody would make it up. Mm-hmm. I have no need to, to have made this up. and, I told a social worker at the hospital, I said, you need to listen to the caregiver. We know our loved one better than you do. If our loved one is in pain, you need to believe them. And they're agitated. if We think they're dying. You better believe us. And I told her, I'm telling my caregivers, we're not taking this crap anymore. We're going to speak up. And that's what we need to do. Speak up and you know, not everyone's like me. <laughs> I know you don't have to be like me, but I've always been outspoken in, in many ways. I didn't realize it, but I, I, I was. We, we have to. We have to speak up. And it's a shame, really, that I, I did file formal complaints against this hospice and the state of New Jersey. And um, the hospital didn't think they did anything wrong. And I disagreed with them because, you know, I I worked uh, when I worked as a nurse, I worked in the institution for the developmentally disabled severely. And when they went out to the hospital, when they came back, I saw the condition their bodies were in and it was a disgrace. We need to treat everybody with dignity and grace, like how we would want to be treated. That's how I treated my patients how I want to be treated
0: yeah that's true well now you're a talk show host
1: and your program is weekly I do weekly shows I talk to everyone anybody about anything
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) so it's not based specifically on like hospital care or things of that nature
1: okay uh no I I cover uh, talk to uh, authors about whatever their book is about Mm -hmm. it could be about inner uh, work it could be uh, a novel even history Uh, I've talked to entrepreneurs whatever business they have which could be for caregivers Mm -hmm. or or anyone a mental health a big mental health advocate and um, I've talked about anti-bullying many different uh, topics Uh, the basis of my show, Lois, is I want to uh, help people, help pe- help people to know they're not alone. We all think we're alone in how we feel, but we're not alone. And my show provides resources to help people live a better life. And that's really what I want is my mission and vision is to help people.
0: Oh, great. That's so nice. And, and thus you have a support group. Okay. And is that based on relatives of people that are facing Alzheimer's? Uh, yes.
1: Uh, well, I have uh, caregivers uh, present and past in my group. Um, and the name of my group, people will laugh at this, is <laughs> hashtag kick Alzheimer's ass movement. I came up with that name because either it was going to kick my rear end or I was going to kick its rear end. Yeah. And um, it's a mindset also. Mm -hmm. Surviving and thriving, caregiving is a mindset that you're not going to let this disease defeat you. And uh, yes, I came really close, but I'm not. Wasn't going to let it take me away. I have a son to take care of. I have a life to live. People need help, and I wasn't going to let it defeat me in grieving either. Yeah. Um. You know, everyone grieves differently, but my support group people post educational links. Uh, They want to vent. And it's the, I feel, as a veteran caregiver, Lois, it's my responsibility to help what I call the newbies. Throw them a line that I wish somebody threw me. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so much education out there now. So many people are doing things online, especially since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, They really went uh, online than there was even 10 years ago. And um, I know I'm a little harsh when I say this, but it's a Jersey girl Emmy education is very important and there is no excuse for a caregiver not to be educated in this day and age no excuse at all I don't even I tell them I don't even want to hear it I worked I took care of Matt I ran a group I <laughs> did a show I educated myself I wish I had the education with my mother-in-law I still feel bad. I didn't handle her hallucinations or sundowning, but I didn't know. There wasn't the information 20 years ago. And I want to be prepared for that. I want to be educated. And I was. And I handle it so much different. When we're educated, we handle it better. There's less stress. And we give our loved ones a better life. Oh, that's so true. So how is your son doing? He's great. Uh, Josh is 38. 38. He has a cognitive disability, and I'll tell you, Lois, and your audience, he understood Alzheimer's better than so-called intelligent people. He was so proud to be a caregiver. It was really hard for him when when Matt died, when his dad died, mm-hmm. and then COVID happened, and that yeah. was really his routine was taken away. It was tough uh, for both of us, but especially for Josh, because just when he needed support, right and needed to socialize that's taken away yeah
0: yeah
1: but uh he was really great with his dad he had a t-shirt that someone brought him that said caregiving is my superpower what is oh. yours <laughs> he was so sweet. really proud uh-huh he was very yeah he didn't know what to do with himself after his dad died first he He reluctantly helped take care of his dad, but then he, it became his routine because they they love routine. And uh, then his routine had had changed, but I just um, let, you know, we need to let our children vent. Children can learn many valuable life lessons being caregivers if we teach them. And uh, I'm proud of Josh, he's compassionate. He's, he cares for people. And he was, he he was great. He's so funny too, like his dad. Uh, <laughs> he said to someone in church, somebody said, oh, you no, know, I'd call your dad up, but they don't know who I am. And he said, well, Brother Bill, it's not rocket science. You call up, you say, hi, Brother Matt, this is Brother Bill. How are you? How hard is that? <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> he he's he's a great um human being and a, a blessing he's a, a blessing um to he was a blessing to his dad and to me and i'm really proud of him
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i let him vent and and cry we we grieve together you know we journey this together and i wasn't afraid to cry in front of josh people say oh, don't cry or you know, you have to be strong for Josh. They would tell mm. Josh, you have to be strong for me. No, that's old school nonsense. Yeah. Okay? That blocks all have- up inside of you. It's not good. Yeah. It'll bite you right in your rear end. We need to validate ourselves, our grieving, uh, and to, you know, celebrate their life. Josh said to me before Matt died, he said, will you still celebrate Daddy's birthday and Father's Day? I said, of course I will. We'll always honor your father. Always. Well, as long as I can function, we'll honor <laughs> uh, the patient. As long as I can function. And I show pictures of Matt uh, and memories on Facebook. I buy a cake for his birthday. We sing to Matt, happy birthday. We go out, we celebrate. I'm choosing not to be a victim, Lois. And, and we all have a choice. If We're going to be a victim or we're going to be victorious. I choose to be victorious. I'm not letting Alzheimer's, you know. Thank you. Uh, defeat me in grieving. Absolutely not.
0: All right. High five. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you were right here. I'd give you a big hug. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love you too. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, how can people reach out to you and um, join your support group? Watch
1: your talk show. My show, Chatting with Betsy, is on Apple, iHeart, wherever you hear your favorite shows or podcasts. Okay. And I am on Facebook. My own personal page is Betsy E. Wurzel, W-U-R-Z-E-L. And my Facebook group is hashtag kick Alzheimer's ass movement. You don't have to have Alzheimer's. Whatever dementia, we welcome people from all walks of life. Any closing thoughts? Yes. If I could survive and thrive during caregiving and after, you can too. So I want to tell your audience thank you for having me on, Lois. I appreciate it. Thank you to Lois's audience. We have a choice. You had the power. Take it. Take your power.
0: Oh, I love that. I'm going to make a poster. Take your power.
1: so well
0: thank you Betsy I really appreciate your time and your braveness to share your story I think that was really wonderful thank you Lois
1: thanks for having me
0: all right giant builders see you next Tuesday thank you for listening this has been the giant builders with Lois Wyant